Hello, friends, and welcome to Unknown. I'm Jason McClellan. Thanks for hanging out with me. It's November, and 30 years ago this month, the Gulf Breeze UFO incidents were first reported by Ed Walters. Ed Walters and his family moved to the Pensacola, Florida suburb of Gulf Breeze in the late 1970s. He established himself as a successful home builder contractor and he managed his business from his home office, and it was from that home office that he observed his first UFO. Ed was working in his office one evening when he looked out his office window and noticed a strange light in the sky that looked different from the commonly seen helicopters and airplanes from the nearby Naval Air Station. When he went to the front door for a better look, he saw a glowing bluish-gray craft silently gliding across the sky. He ran back into the house to grab his Polaroid camera. When he came back out, he took his first UFO photo from the porch. This UFO wasn't the typical saucer-shaped UFO. UFO researcher and author James Mosley described it looking like a child's musical top with a row of portals around the midsection and a brightly glowing ring on the bottom. Ed claims the UFO attempted to abduct him when he moved from the porch to the street to get a better view. In his autobiography, The Gulf Breeze Sightings, the most astounding multiple sightings of UFOs in UFO history, he explains, Bang! Something hit me. All over my body. I tried to lift my arms to point the camera. I couldn't move them. They were blue. I was blue. Everything was blue. I was in a blue light beam. The blue beam had hit me like compression. It was pressing me firmly just enough to stop me from moving. This blue beam allegedly lifted Ed off the ground. As he screamed, a voice in his head interrupted, We will not harm you. That didn't stop Ed from screaming. The voice told him to stop screaming, but Ed responded, Screw you! The blue beam eventually released Ed, and when he looked up, the UFO was gone. After this crazy encounter, he told his wife and kids about what had happened. Because of the crazy hostile actions by this UFO, Ed and his wife talked for a while and decided that the best way to warn people about this hostile UFO was to give the photos to the local newspaper, the Gulf Breeze Sentinel. Ed was a friend with the editor of the paper, and the photos became front page news. Ed had multiple encounters with UFOs, and even claims he had communication with the occupants of these UFOs. They communicated with him telepathically. On the night after witnessing a UFO with Ed, Ed and Francis returned to bed, but only a half hour later, Ed rocketed out of bed because he heard the dog going nuts. He grabbed his gun and went to look out the door, separating the bedroom from a screened-in porch. And he claims he saw a short alien-looking creature standing on the other side of that door. He described the creature as, quote, maybe four feet tall, with a, quote, dark, grayish-black, box-like thing that hid most of its body. The helmet over its head had a clear insert that revealed its eyes, really big eyes, 
that covered the top of its head. Ed says the alien didn't react at all. It just stood there and stared. It didn't seem to care at all that Ed was there, and certainly didn't care that he was holding a gun. It just casually turned and slowly walked away. Now, maybe it was adrenaline, Ed probably wasn't thinking clearly. For whatever reason, he thought it was a good idea to chase after and try to capture this alien. So he raced outside, but his leg was immediately hit with that paralyzing blue beam from the UFO. He reached out and grabbed onto the door jamb, and at this point, Frances was awake and she raced and tried to grab him, and together the couple were able to free him from this blue beam from the UFO. That's just one of his crazy encounters. Ed had many more sightings, and he continued to photograph the various UFOs he saw. Ed and Francis eventually met with investigators from MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network. As part of the investigation, Ed submitted to a polygraph exam, and the examiner concluded, quote, With the information that is available to this examiner at this time, it is felt that Mr. Walters truly believes that the photographs and personal sightings he has described are true and factual to the best of his ability. Not surprisingly, critics suspected that Ed's UFO photos were nothing more than double-exposed images intentionally created by Ed. So continuing with the investigation, MUFON supplied Ed with a sealed camera to prevent any tampering with the film in an effort to see if he could obtain a UFO photo under more controlled circumstances. Sure enough, Ed successfully shot 10 photos of a UFO with this camera. Naturally, MUFON was happy with the results. MUFON held a press conference to announce that the photos taken with the MUFON camera were, quote, taken under scientific, controlled conditions where there's no opportunity whatsoever to hoax, fake it, produce double exposures, or anything of this nature. That's what makes it so significant. All of Ed's photos were sent to experts for analysis, including U.S. Navy optical physicist and UFO researcher Dr. Bruce McAbee who concluded that the photos were authentic and showed, quote, unconventional aerial craft, and he found no evidence to suggest a hoax. Because of all the UFO hoopla, Ed became somewhat of a local celebrity. He and his family moved to a new house to escape the attention from UFO enthusiasts. The Pensacola News Journal printed a story reporting that a UFO model had been found in the attic of Ed's former home. And a local teenager named Tommy Smith came forward with the claim that he helped Ed hoax his UFO photos. Well, this allegation prompted MUFON to reopen the case so they could investigate the model and the allegations made by Tommy Smith. The investigators from MUFON determined that the model wasn't built before September 1989, which would be more than eight months after Ed had moved out of that house. A piece of blueprint paper that was part of the model helped MUFON reach that conclusion. MUFON also determined that the model didn't match Ed's photos. The conclusion reached by the investigators was that the model was constructed and planted by someone in an attempt to discredit Ed. Although MUFON was more than satisfied with the results of their investigation, many still doubted the validity of Ed's story and his photos. But others in Gulf Breeze saw and photographed UFOs during that time. Residents ranging from teenagers to priests reported seeing UFOs in the area. 
UFO researcher Chris Wolford is someone who witnessed something anomalous in the sky above Florida's Gulf Coast in the early 1990s. I recently spoke with Chris and asked him to share his experience. It was, uh, it was 1992. We were in spring break on Sanibel Island. Uh, my family, my dad, my mom, and my sister, we were on the beach. And actually, my mom had a few of her friends from work come down, too. And uh, uh, two of her work people were with her, too. And we were all on the beach. And actually, it was my father who noticed at first these orange balls that were doing weird things in the sky. Mm. And uh, one of the people that my mom worked with, he immediately said, oh, that's boat mast. Okay. That's, that's not anything. And I don't think he even knew what Gulf Breeze was during the time yeah. or even was aware of that. Um, my father and I were aware of that, and we immediately thought that was interesting because, like I, I told you beforehand, you could draw a line, a straight line from Santa Bell Island to Pensacola. Now, I'm not saying that's what we were seeing as what mm. Ed Walters had seen, sure. but it was very interesting uh, to see these orange balls doing right angle turns, loop-de-loops, anything that like an aircraft that we know of can't really do, right? Right. And how many people i think it was seven people so you got seven witnesses multiple people mm. all seeing the same thing yeah and it, it lasted maybe 10 to 20 minutes okay i my memory is kind of shady in that part but sure. it, we stood there for a little bit there watching it and i i will say this if you're looking at the ocean and you're seeing the horizon if you were to put two of your hands on top of each other mm-hmm. that's about how high up it was okay so in my estimation, that was too high to be a boat mass. But like you, uh, like we know, witnesses, one can say one thing or see one yeah, thing yeah, yeah. and another can. So it was just an interesting time. And uh, we didn't see anything the rest of that week that we were there. But yeah. that, I think it was early on in the vacation. And um, it was just like I said, three orange balls doing weird uh, right angle turns and loop-de-loops that I've never seen since. So. Mm, okay. And again, what year was this? 1992. All right, 92. And I've got to give you props because, you know, that you said something that is, in my opinion, extremely important for anybody who is a UFO researcher, anybody who looks into this field, to be able to say, and you said it, you said, I'm not entirely sure my memory is a little shaky, as mm-hmm. it should be with something that happened so long ago. So kudos for, for recognizing that and not uh, being definitive in what you remember, because I know <laughs> things I saw. Like, I know how I think they, they were in my head, but I know that it was a long time ago, and I certainly don't remember definitively the way exactly something happened. I mean, time is that way. So good on you, man. I appreciate that. Um, (laughs) So as a UFO researcher, um, you know, and having had a sighting um, sort of during this time period in that area, have you personally looked into the Gulf Breeze UFO incident? I have. uh, (laughs) It's, I don't even know where to begin. It's very strange. Mm. Ed Walters seems like, to be a genuine person who had genuine experiences, but also at the same time, you have some hoaxing going on. Right. Then you have the the Bruce McAbee saying, oh, the photos were legit. Right. And he still stands by it Mm -hmm. as as of late, as like last week. 
people are asking him about this case. Yeah. So I don't, and then I forget the mention the whole pie plate uh, mm-hmm. or the model being found yeah. in Ed Walter's old home, which I don't know. I don't even know what to make heads or tails of that. Right. I have no idea. It's just a lot of weird things going on. As is true with many UFO cases, Gulf Breeze is a polarizing case in the UFO field. Many dismissed this case long ago, writing it off as a hoax. Others think it's a spectacular, genuine case of extraterrestrial contact. There's so much to this case, making it complex, intriguing, and difficult to find perfect answers to explain all the strange that took place in Gulf Breeze. Regardless of whether you believe Ed Walters or any of the other witnesses, the highly contested Ed Walters UFO sightings in Gulf Breeze remain a major case in UFO history. And it's a case I personally really enjoy revisiting every year. That is it for this episode of Unknown. If you haven't already, it would be a big help if you would go to iTunes and rate and review this show. As always, I encourage you to give me feedback on the show because I want to hear what topics interest you and what things you want to hear about on the show. Shoot me an email at jason at rogueplanet.tv or send me a message on Twitter or Facebook. I'm acecentric on Twitter and Instagram. That's A-C-E-C-E-N-T-R-I-C. And I'm the UFO Geek on Facebook. If you haven't heard, Maureen Ellsbury and I have rebooted our show, Spacing Out. Spacing Out is a web series where we deliver news and conduct interviews related to UFOs, space exploration, the search for extraterrestrial life, and even other paranormal topics as well. You can find that, of course, at RoguePlanet.tv. Thanks so much for listening today. I'm Jason McClellan. Do me a favor, friends. Stay strange.